stable or a branding pen, any place you might find some bow-legged man, ask any old hand, he's bound to say he's got the answer to the Bronx Ballet. Howdy there, I'm Matt McKinley and we're burning daylight. Good morning everybody. <clears throat> How are we feeling today? Hope everybody had a good Father's Day. All you dads out there, hope everybody treated you right. I, uh, I had to work. Pretty short day. I think I got done about 2.30 yesterday. 3 o'clock, somewhere around in there. Wasn't too bad of a day. And, uh, and then I got treated to a little Basque food last night, which I've mentioned before is just spectacular. So, there's a little Basque restaurant just down the road from my house, and, uh, we went there and I had a full rack of lamb and a couple glasses of whiskey and some some house wine and got extremely full, got a little tipsy and uh, got some cool shit from the family. So it was overall a good, good day. Talked to my old man, he was doing good. Talked to my father-in-law and uh, Soon as I, soon as I got home from work, my little girl came and gave me a big hug, screaming "Happy Father's Day!" and uh, it was pretty neat. And uh, I'd mentioned uh, Mad Can Photography in one of the previous episodes. Is it? Uh, that's who did the cover art for my for my show. And I, my sister-in-law and her two girls bought me the that picture printed on canvas for, for Father's Day and uh, it is really really cool and so thanks to them uh, thanks to Kain for taking the picture and doing excellent work uh, you should uh, you should go check out his stuff on Instagram he's uh, at madcan8 but it was a good day hope everybody else Enjoyed their day, and uh, let's uh, let's have a good week here. Uh, Monday is upon us, but doesn't mean it's got to be a bad day. Let's uh, make the most out of it. I had got a request uh, a couple days ago, and I just kind of got around to it, but a fellow messaged me, and... Uh, recommended that I play uh, the Bronx Ballet by Dave Stamey for one of the episodes and uh, I had never heard of him and uh, and I have really really liked this song it's kind of a funny little talking blues song and uh, I'm always a fan of those my my dad plays uh, plays guitar pretty well uh, he's he does a lot of a lot of finger picking. He uh, and so he, uh, but he doesn't sing. And when so when he does a song where he's performing the vocals, it's usually a talking blues type deal. Uh, he does a pretty good rendition of the Ragged Old Flag by Johnny Cash and, uh, and a couple others. And so I've always been a fan of these talking blues songs and. That's what this one is by Dave Stamey, and so that's what I'm gonna 
what I'm gonna use for the the show today. Seems to be kind of a a slow news day. I don't really have much to talk about there, so I'm gonna I'm gonna talk about some of the the horses that have bucked me off or tried to. And uh, there's some pretty humorous stories in there. There's some there's some ones that make me look like a real badass bronc stomper, and there's some that made it look like I'd never seen a horse before in my life. So uh, buckle up for that one. I think you'll like it. And uh, thanks again. I know I say it every time, but uh, your support means the world, and I, uh, I truly appreciate all the all the good mentions and feedback and everything and I just thank you thank you guys so much for uh, making this so much fun so um, hope you enjoy the show today and we'll get started here in just a second so little backstory on how I got started riding horses so I'm an adopted kid uh, my folks adopted me when I was 13, but I had lived with them as a foster child for, uh, about, I think I was 10 when I, when they took me in. So I'd already lived with them for three years before they adopted me, but I had never been on a horse outside of like a pony ride at the state fair before I went to live with my folks when I was 10. And the first time I was on a horse was a 16-mile trail ride. And because uh, my dad used to, uh, he still has it, but they, they've slowed down a lot in the, in the last, oh, six, eight years. But him and his buddy Dean Ormiston had this uh, trail ride company called Kirkwell Cattle Company. And uh, they... They would do these like week-long trail rides through the the canyon country of southeast Colorado, and uh, and then down into Oklahoma Panhandle. So we and when they rode, it it wasn't uh, your typical trail ride that you picture, you know, with 20 head of horses just head to you know head to tail in a single file line, and you go walk for. 30 minutes an hour or whatever and then head back to the to camp they would they would ride for a week camp out every night and uh and we rode close to you know anywhere from 10 to 20 miles a day just depending on what leg of the ride it was and uh so when you you rode with my dad you i mean you rode it wasn't no it wasn't little little sunday stroll i mean you, you you rode and you were you'd catch a long trot and uh and go for a mile and before you'd ever slow back down and then it was in the canyon country so you're going up these little these little steep trails and uh and it's, so it's some it's some pretty tough country that we covered and uh so we we went on a like a 16 mile ride through picture canyon in uh in southeast Colorado and that was the the first time I'd ever really been horseback riding and it just so happens that I came down with the flu uh, 
right after. So the next day, I woke up and I was just sore as could be because I'd rode 16 miles and uh, used muscles in my body that I never knew I had or existed. And, uh, and all of that was compounded by the fact that I had like a 203 degree fever. And uh, so I woke up just felt like somebody had taken a sledgehammer to every part of my body and I could not get warm. So it almost ruined me on horses for good. I mean, it was it was a pretty tough deal. So that that is like my my first experience really with horses. So fast forward about 6 months or so and I've rode, I got over my little sickness deal and uh and I'd rode quite a bit, and I was getting pretty confident. I still couldn't ride worth a shit, but I was, I was feeling better about life. And uh, we were out in our arena there at my dad's house, and it was me and my cousin Robbie, and uh, this kid uh, Cody, who I I, knew, I hung out with quite a bit growing up. His Grandma was family friends with uh, with my dad and Dean, and so he was over at the house, and uh, and so we we were all out in the arena riding, and we got to jackassing around, and I thought I was pretty tough shit because I was the I was the oldest of the three, and so I had to show that I was pretty pretty tough, you know, and uh, so I kicked this old I was riding this like thirty year old. Uh, buckskin gilding. And that's no joke. He was, he was, if he wasn't 30, he was right up there, you know, 28, 29, something like that. He was, he was an old horse. He was in good shape. You know, he's one of those just kind of ageless wonder horses that you, you know, they just live forever. And, uh, but, you know, he, because he was, uh, pretty well just a pilgrim horse. And pilgrim's what we called the, the city folks that went on these rides. And uh, at this point in my life, I was very much a pilgrim. But because he had to deal with folks like me, uh, he didn't. He rarely broke into a lope. He uh, he would just kind of walk and trot, and he had a pretty pretty good long trot, so he he could cover some ground without exerting himself too much. And uh, so. We got to got to jackassing around and uh, you know had a had a pissing contest of who could do the, the most ridiculous things on horses and we weren't even really doing anything real real stupid but just the overall attitude was jackassery and uh, and I was I was making Levi lope uh, the the whole perimeter of the of the arena and I was singing and laughing and having just a grand old time and that that old fart had enough and and he didn't even really buck he just he kind of stopped and kind of halfway sort of humped about as about as hard as a 30 year old horse is gonna do and uh, and if if anybody who who can ride the you know the rocking horse out in front of the grocery store probably could have rode that that little hump of his and but i i was not i was having a good old time i was not 
you know, my I was bouncing all over the place, but I thought that was normal. You know, you could you could throw a, a railroad tie under my ass every time I I came back up off the saddle. So it didn't it didn't take much for him to throw me off. And uh, well, I uh, I reached out to catch myself and uh, heard a pop and. All I knew, I, I was I was screaming and crying like like a newborn baby, and uh, so my mom she uh, she gathered me up and we we headed into Springfield, and uh, I had a oh it'd been like a stress fracture. I'm not sure exactly what you'd call it, but the bone didn't break to the outside. There it was all spiderweb cracked on the inside, and that was. Uh, that was on my right wrist and so that was the first of many horseback injuries and uh, the first of many uh, getting bucked off uh, there's a uh, there's an old saying that said you ain't a cowboy if you ain't been bucked off and uh, it's a pretty true story so that was that was the first of many and uh, should be the most embarrassing, but I uh, I kind of I kind of like it just because uh, well I've, I've got a pretty self-deprecating sense of humor as it is if you haven't noticed and uh, but that that was one of the big moments for me that I uh, and another one that almost just ruined me from from loving horses at all and uh, but. To my to my folks' credit, my mom and dad did it. Didn't they didn't care if I liked it or not. We had horses. We had uh, we had young horses to start. We had horses to take care of. And uh, my dad had this trail ride business that brought in quite a little bit of money. And uh, he needed he needed help with that. So it did not make two shits if I liked it or not. It was going to happen. So, uh, but that was. That was a pretty defining moment in my in my cowboy career, and uh, so it, I guess it was just uh, it wasn't so much perseverance on my part as it was just relentless uh, shut up and work attitude from from my folks, and uh, I, I I sure appreciate it today. But there there was uh, day one of being a top hand. So today's octagon call out for me, and it's not really so much anything against these folks themselves, it's more, I guess, against their disciples. But I'm gonna call out like Pat Pirelli and Clinton Anderson and all these, these other big horse uh, clinicians these guys are all really good horsemen. I, I'm not taking anything away from that. But the biggest thing about them that, that just rubs me the wrong way is their disciples or followers or whatever you want to call it, but these uh, horse clinic people that can recite every method, everything that that instructor has ever said, and they can recite it down to a word, but they cannot execute any of it on on their horse, and so my uh, my oldest sister, who's a, who's a well-known horse trainer, 
back in North Carolina, she uh, she told me once that Pat Pirelli has ruined more good horses than anybody known to man. And it's not that he did it personally, it's that he gave so many people who have no business owning a horse uh, such false confidence in their abilities that they, they take a perfectly good horse with a lot of potential and just absolutely ruin them. So that's my octagon call out for the day. No offense to you personally, Pat Pirelli or Clinton Anderson. It's uh, it's more more your followers. So after I uh, I moved back from Montana. And uh, I think that was 2009. So I was I was fresh out of college, and then fresh off a stint at a big outfit up in North Central Montana, and uh, and I'd been riding young horses and and stuff for quite a while at that point, and so I could ride pretty good, and and as far as Riding a bucking horse, I, I won't say I rode all that well, but I could hold on pretty good. I could I could usually stay on something, and uh, there's been very few horses that buck me off more than once, and uh, just because I can usually after the first go, I can either figure out their their pattern or I can get them talked out of it the next go round, and uh, so. And my, my typical goal is just to try and try and just talk them out of it so <coughs> it's easier for me and them both. <clears throat> but the the first horse I can I can definitively recall that had that bucked me off multiple times was when I was riding colts for Doc Jones over over in Lahana, Colorado. And I'd, I'd been home from Montana for <coughs> a couple weeks or so, and I was still in between jobs. So I was day working a little bit, and uh, and then Doc called my dad and said, "Hey, I could use a hand riding some of these these outside horses I got." And he had a he had a whole slew of horses of, of his own, and then he had some clients. And so I went over there and. And it was uh, it was a pretty good time. I, I rode uh, rode some really nice little cowbred horses that that we were starting for uh, for a cutting horse trainer. I think she was cutting horse. She might have been like a rain cow horse or something along those lines. But she was she showed horses. I don't know how big time she was, but she had some she had some really nice horses. And we we rode a few of those. And then Doc was a former Little Britches uh, world champion bronc rider. And then he, he rode, rode pro rodeo for a while. And uh, he, uh, and then he started uh, being a pickup man, picking up for these, these rodeos. And, uh, and eventually he started breeding his own pickup horses, which those of you aren't familiar, they're uh, they're usually pretty big stout horses because their their main job is, uh, is well picking picking a cowboy up off the off a bucking horse and then uh, 
also roping bulls and dragging them back in or out of the arena for for the bull riding and uh so they're they're usually a big stout tough horse <coughs> and uh usually i don't know about usually but a lot of times they'll have a little bit of draft horse blood in them and that's what this one was that doc had she was a thoroughbred percheron cross percheron being the big draft style and a thoroughbred's gonna have big old long legs anyways and and I think there was some quarter horse blood in there too. I mean, she's kind of a mix, but a big old stout athletic mare. And I think she was like five or six at the time. So we, we rode these little these little cutting horse types and then then we saddled up this this big mare docks and uh, and he said I've rode her quite a bit now. Uh, she'll she'll uh, she'll ride okay, but she will buck. Okay, no problem. You know the the little colts that we had been riding were bucking a little bit, and no problem. We got them got them covered, got them riding around good, and uh, so I thought, oh, I can. It's just a bigger animal. I can I can handle it. So we get jipping uh, her around the round pen, and uh, and she's sweating pretty good. So I step on her, and I've got her I've got a pretty short rein on her, and uh, we go to we go to trotting circles in that round pen and and doc was on another big uh big kind of draft cross type that uh he would he just park himself in the middle of the of the round pen and he had a he had a really nice setup uh, you know the walls sloped outwards and uh, it was all two by twelve uh pine you know pine slats so he's only, you know, you could see daylight through the the cracks, but other than that, you couldn't see to the outside. And uh, you know, it's ju it just a cool setup. He he'd been working on on his deal for a while, and so he parked this big old uh, mare, and I think it was actually the the that mare that I was riding. I think he was on her mama, and he had he had picked up horses on her for for years at that point. And so he, had, you know, if they if something was wanting to run off a little bit, he had just parked that big old mare in front of him, or he'd back into him, and and those little those little horses they they wasn't gonna run over the top of her, and it, and it was it's pretty handy just to just to have them in there and uh, slow them horses down. He'd make them, you know, we'd make them turn into the fence, and uh, you know they'd they'd bounce their head off one of them boards every now and then but they uh they figured out pretty quick to to turn and uh so it's pretty cool and i i get on this this big old mare of his and like i said i had a short short rain on her and then we got her lathered up pretty good and and she was she was starting to lick her lips and she stopped and took shit and you know just acting just pretty relaxed and and ready to to go to work so I uh, I loosen up the rein a little bit and uh, we we start wheeling around the other way and we get about two laps around that round pen and all of a sudden she just buried her head and she had a big old thick neck being that she was perching cross and uh, once she bogged her head there was no way in hell I was getting it back up and uh, I went about three four big jump kicks and. Uh, who I had never experienced drop like that before, but man, 
And uh, so she yard darted my ass right in the middle of the, the round pen. And I said, well, I got up and, you know, I, <coughs> I was 24, 25 at the time. So 24, I guess. And uh, so I, I still bounced a little bit when I, when I hit the ground. So I rolled, rolled onto my feet, dusted myself off. Uh, and I said, well, Doc, you weren't lying. She can buck. And he said, yeah, just keep her head a little bit. And I said, well, man, she acted kind of nice. And he said, yeah, she does that. She's not nice. Just remember that. I said, okay. So I, I swung back up on her, and we went zipping around the, that round pin again. And I, I kept uh, I kept her uh, checked up pretty good. But, you know, we... We were we were trotting pretty good, and she was she was starting to be pretty well lubricated. And same thing again. She uh, she starts licking her lips, and uh, she drops her head to to kind of a normal traveling position, and you know, kind of collects herself a little bit. And all right, we're we're getting business. We're getting uh, some work done now. So I. Uh, I loosen up the rein just a touch, not not as much as the time before, but just a little bit. Say, hey, all right, we're we're good. I feel you. And uh, she didn't even make it half a half a trip around that round pin before she bogged her head again and went to snorting and a squealing and a farting. And I made it a little bit longer this time, but once once again, I there's no way I was getting her head pulled up. And uh, so I went about. Maybe six or eight jumps, and uh, and she yard darted me again, and so I I hit on my shoulder, rolled up to my feet, and, and now the first time I was kind of I was amused by it a little bit. The second time I was pissed, and uh, and you can ask folks who know me, I I don't I don't typically get mad very often. When I do, though, I I I lose my shit. So I was. I was steaming mad at this old mare, and I said, fuck you, we are, we're going rounds, let's throw hands now, so, I stepped back on her, and I just hook it to her, and she, she kind of crow hops, and I yanked her head around the other way, and, and stuck her in the shoulder, and we went wheeling around this old round pin, as fast as I could get her to go, and I, I told Doc, I said, die. I don't, I don't need you in here, I'm gonna, I'm gonna take care of this myself, and he kind of chuckled, and and nodded and said okay and he so he rode out and uh i guess i should mention that the it started out me and doc saddling this horse and then one of his old uh bronc stomping buddies from back in the day showed up when i got on her the first time so he was sitting up on top of the fence and uh watching me and doc there in the round pen and then sure slowly but surely i had a little audience there and uh so by the the second time I got bucked off and I, I get back on this steel and they're they're all having all sorts of fun at my expense and uh, and that that irked me a little bit but not near as much as the fact that I'd just been thrown twice and cleanly thrown I mean they she like she she got me and uh, in front of an audience I usually usually when I got bucked off is only in front of one or two people if if that. And uh, I think I had like six people sitting on the fence, and they were all former bronc riders and just old cowboys. And 
And they were having a good old time. And I'm just like, yeah, yuck it up, fuckers. And so I, I, I go just barreling around this round pen. And uh, at one point, I was even starting to feel bad for her. Because, I mean, she had foam running out of her ass crack. And, you know, and her head was... I mean, she was tired. And uh, finally, Doc kind of looked at me. And uh, or he kind of hollered. And he said, hey, uh... What do you think about calling it a, a day? Like, yeah, I, I think you're right, Doc. I, I, I don't need you to, to gripple up my horse. I just need a road. And I, yeah, I understand. Okay, so. And I'd cooled off a little bit by that point, so. I, uh. I, uh. I get her shut down, and, uh, and I, I rub her all over, and scratch her between the ears and uh, you know pet her down all right that's that's a good gal we had our we had our struggles but I think we'll be friends now and uh, well oh uh, Sarley mare was not having any of my my gentle love uh, whispers to her and so I go to step off and as soon as my my right leg came up over the saddle and was kind of parallel to the ground. She erupted and uh, catapulted me. So they say. I, I don't really remember anything other than like shifting my weight to step off. Apparently I was mildly concussed. And uh, But from what Doc tells me, uh, my head was not the first thing to hit. It was my back. Which all you all you cowboys know out there, like if you're gonna get bucked off, you really want to hit your shoulder and roll, or if you know if you can on your feet. But if, if you're not on your feet, you kind of want to tuck your shoulder and roll. But landing on your back is the second worst way to to land, aside from just landing directly on your head. I said, so your head didn't hit first, your back did, but your head was not far behind it. And, uh, and I, uh, after that, I, like I said before, I'd been home from Montana for a couple weeks at that point. But after that deal, I was just convinced <clears throat> that I had already... Or I was just on my way back, and I just, I stopped in at Doc's to visit because I hadn't seen him in a while, and that was why I was there. Not not that I was uh, working for him, and had already been there for you know at least a week. <laughs> but I, I was convinced that I was just on my way back from Montana. I hadn't even seen my folks yet. I Doc was that important in my concussed state to me, <laughs> and Doc's a pretty important person in my life, regardless. But <laughs> He, uh, one of the, one of his friends, I forget the guy's name, but he, uh, he said, yeah, that was a pretty, pretty good bounce you had there the first time. Second time was, uh, was a little higher bounce, but I think you traded all of that bounce in for splat on that third time. <laughs> and, uh, and I, I didn't even have my wits about me to to tell him to go piss off or, or anything, but I uh, that that horse has had my number 
since day one and I don't know if I've I, I rode her a couple times after that and it was always you know she had me buffaloed at that point you know the first couple times I I, uh, I took it but after after she got me well and I was stepping off there, there ain't many horses that I just I won't won't mess with and she she quickly became one of them and uh, I just uh, she and Doc got along with her really good yeah. after she unloaded me the third time uh, that asshole steps on her and zips her around makes her side pass all the way across the the pen one way and then back the other and uh, you know made it look like she was almost a finished horse and here I was just crying in a heap off to the side <laughs> and uh but she there's some of those kind of like uh like in baseball you know the even the best hitters have have pitchers that just got their number and vice versa there's one that some of the best pitchers on earth have a have a guy that just has has got their number and will just crush it off them every time and that's kind of how I felt like I was a I was a pretty good pitcher, but this old this old mare was a big leaguer, and uh, and she said, "Welcome to the to the league, Rook." Today's show is brought to you once again by the D bags. Don't be a gunsel. And um, I've had a few comments on what a gunsel is, and uh, typically a gunsel is kind of. Kind of described as somebody who looks like a cowboy, dresses like a cowboy, but overall don't know what the fuck they're doing, and uh, and they're pretty prevalent anywhere you go, and some people have different names for them depending on what line of work you're in, but for us in the cowboy world, we call them a gunsel. But anyway, Don't Be a Gunsel is it's a website started to uh, started with the working cowboy with who has a sense of humor in mind and they also have line of merch that you can buy uh they got some hats and some stickers and uh, a coffee mug uh you can find them at don't be a gunsel on instagram and facebook and uh if you go buy any of their merch make sure you use the promo code burning daylight get 10 percent off it'll help them out that'll help me out and you get some cool shit for a little bit cheaper and their prices are already pretty cheap, so go I'll go check them out, support them, and uh, use the burning uh, burning daylight promo code B U R N I N D A Y L I G H T. I uh, I spelled the daylight wrong yesterday because uh, I'm a fucking hand, that's why. But anyway, go check them out. Don't be a gunsel. So those are, are two of the most memorable uh, buck and horse moments that I've I've had in my life. Uh, the first one, like I said, it wasn't much of a buck. I was just uh, I was kind of a gunsel, and uh, and then that second one, she just she whooped my ass, and uh, <laughs> there, there's no two ways about it. She she had me beat from the get go. So those I've had numerous others. My little Lori mare, she liked to buck a little bit when I first got her, and she uh, 
She threw me one time before I could get my, I could catch my other stirrup. I didn't have her head pulled around like I needed to. to <clears throat> I knew she was probably going to fire, and uh, and I, I ended up not having her head like I needed to. And she she blew up, and I didn't have a seat, and so it, it was kind of a just stepping up, and then off I went. And then there's another time she she yanked the the rain out of my hand. And uh, I rode her out until she got to the fence, and I, I slid off. So I don't. She didn't buck me off, but she. Uh, I was gonna have to either try to try to get off while the getting was good, or uh, try and try and ride her uh, long enough that she just stopped. But uh, I, I didn't have any control of her head, so I just slid on off. But we've got along pretty good since then. She doesn't really buck much anymore, and. Uh, and I've had plenty of others, but none like quite as memorable. But you all know how it is. There's there's those certain ones that just really get burned in your memory. And uh, that one that one of Doc's, I, I will never forget that. Well, what I remember of it, like I said, because there there was some uh, there was some brain trauma that went on there. But <laughs> and not to make light of brain trauma, but there I was. Uh, yeah, I was in another dimension after that deal, but I, I will, I will remember forever just how fuming mad I was watching these old old cowboys laugh at me as I got tossed on my on my head twice, and uh, and it, but it 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 always the thing about a, a good cow hand is is. Uh, you know, besides being able to, to rope and ride and read cattle, but it's it's persistence because it, it's not for for the faint of heart this this type of lifestyle. You know, it looks real glamorous, and uh, until you're trying to roll out of the way of a horse that just threw you so you don't get your head stomped in, and uh, you know, it, it's just it it it's. It's not as glamorous as everybody makes it out to be, and uh, but it sure is a hell of a lot of fun. And uh, there's very few things that'll get your adrenaline going quite like uh, just spurring down a bad one. You know, just got got one that you've got a bone to pick with, and you know they're gonna fire, and you said let's let's go get it, and uh, and just sticking them in the shoulder and staying right in the middle of them, and just giving them all the abuse they can handle while not abuse but just letting them have it you know and then just when their head goes down and they're uh, you know and they finally slow up and they're just quivering and uh, and sweating and you're and you're kind of quivering and sweating but you're like yep I got you there and that that's a that's a really cool feeling and uh some of you will never know what that feels like, but a lot of you do, and it, it's just, it's pretty awesome. And as part of the reason why I keep doing what I do every day, it's just, uh, it's in my blood, and I love it. I won't, I won't ever get rich cowboying, but uh, it sure is a hell of a lot of fun. So with that, I'm going to wrap for the day. That was, that was another quick one, it seemed like. It might get run a little long, but it didn't take very long to make. So this stuff's starting to come pretty smooth and easy to me. And uh, 
it's still a hell of a lot of fun so i hope you guys are having fun with me uh go find me on twitter and instagram at mickermac85 i'll uh send me a request on facebook and uh go like the page on facebook burning daylight at burning daylight on instagram and uh tell your friends please share the show that really helps a lot i don't care if it's word of mouth but if you would just just share it on facebook and uh you know or instagram or whatever but uh let people know it's out there and let people know it's uh it's pretty entertaining so uh once again thanks for all your support and kind words and feedback and i will uh i will catch you next time uh but for for now i i gotta get so move your ass we're burning daylight Brandon Penn, any place you might find some bow-legged man, ask any old hand, he's bound to say he's got the answer to the Bronx Ballet. If your pony breaks in two, there are certain things a fella needs to do. If you follow his advice right down to the letter, your buck off average is bound to get better. The only problem is you can't find two in a thousand of them who'll tell you the same thing. Those who tell you it's in your seat And the way a fella holds his feet You gotta sit back a little and drop your heels Try it one time, son, see how it feels Others say the thing to do is jerk him sideways a time or two Pull his head around to the left or the right And break his momentum He'll give up the fight Oh yeah Don't forget to stay loose Say to rake some fur, get aggressive, use your spurs. Just jab them gut hooks into his side and bust him into a run that's easier to ride. Probably won't go through a fence. Stay relaxed now, don't get tense. And if he happens to run you up underneath a tree, remember decapitation is preferable to a buck off, because that can be embarrassing. Don't worry, part, I bet they can sew that ear back on. Call it shameful to grab the horn, others say there is no scorn. For those of us who have to go pulling leather, because staying aboard is always better. Problem is, it happens way too fast, ain't got a chance to grab your slack. Gives a grunt, he leaves the ground, farts you off, and drags you around. Hard to catch your breath when that happens. The guys that tell you this stuff, they kind of like it when things get rough. They say they don't want you to break your neck, but they do enjoy watching a good wreck. They've been bucked off themselves a time or two. Ain't about to make it any easier for you. And the secret they're keeping to themselves, of course, the best way to handle a snorty horse is let some other idiot ride in. If you see your stirrup slapped together above the saddle horn, you're probably bucked off.